Welcome to this teaching from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. Calvary Chapel Divine is just a casual church for everyone. We meet in a common place and we just simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the things that we do emphasize is the sun, salt, and light. We want you to know and grow in the sun, Jesus, but be the salt and the light in this world. If you'd like to get more information on the church, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. You can either come in person or watch online, but you can also submit a prayer request. Or if you have any questions about the church at all, you can just go to our website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Do that. So let's go ahead as we're in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 13 through 18. We'll go ahead and close up the book of Nehemiah as far as chapter 8 is concerned. And uh, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and we ask, Lord, that you be with us as we're here uh, to be able to be attentive and to be able to uh, hear your word. But the, the main thing we're going to learn about tonight is obedience. It's actually us doing what God is, is telling us to do through his word. And so uh, I pray, Lord, that each of us probably have an area in our life that we need uh, to do some work on that maybe need, uh, uh, need some restoration. And so we pray, uh, Lord, for, uh, for that to happen in our hearts and in our minds and, and for it to be lived out by our hands and feet. Uh, we also pray again just for this building. We pray for, uh, for uh, Marcus and the family. We pray that you just continue to bless them. Uh, we also pray for our mayor and our city council and the city of Divine. Just pray, Lord, that you just continue to do uh, just a mighty work to draw everybody together in unity and peace. And, and at the same time, Lord, we pray for just a revival to happen within the city, uh, for, for people to come back to, uh, to their relationship with the Lord where they would put that first in their lives, Lord. Uh, we, we all... Uh, have gone through a crazy year and so we just pray lord for uh, uh, just your guidance as we as we it's hard to believe we're almost halfway through the year already and so we we just pray uh, for 2021 we pray for the cactus fest and for those things that are needed the carnival and the the sponsors and and just the people that were there at the meeting last night pray for them they're giving up their time their talent and their treasure to be there and uh, and so we just lift them up as well uh, we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And I, I entitled this, They Came Together to Study the Word. They Came Together to Study the Word. So actually, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first 12 verses so we can kind of get, just get caught up to where we're at. And uh, it, it says in verse 1, it says, And all the people gathered as one man and two the square before the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So again, the water gate is a representation of, of the word. And, and remember we talked about, what did we say the one man in, in, the, in the Hebrew is, is what? Whosoever's, right? And so they're all coming together to hear the word of God. Word of God. And so we see in, uh, in verse 2 it says, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. So, so everybody's coming together to hear the word of God. They've been in, uh, coming back out of captivity uh, from, uh, from Babylon, and, and so you have people 
that have, uh, were scattered, and now they're returning uh, to hear the Word of God, those who can understand. And it says, And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and women and those who could, under, uh, who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on the wooden platform that, that they had made for uh, the purpose. And then it gives a list of the names of, of those that were there to help and that stood beside him. And we'll pick it up in verse 5, and it says, And Ezra opened the book inside of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then it gives a list of the Levites there that were there to help them understand. Now, the reason why the Levites are there to help them understand is because you have people that were scattered and they had different dialects. So it would be like we have in, in, in Texas. We have some people that speak German. We have some that speak Spanish. Uh, you know, and, and so we have different dialects. And so what they want to make sure is that they're understanding the Word of God, that they're understanding what God's Word says. And that's important for us as a pastor is, is we need to make sure that it's put in a way that you can understand it and actually live it. Because that's one of the biggest things that we see. It, it, that's why we see the world in such chaos now as it is. Because we, we know there's a lot of Christians out there, but they're just not living the Word. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of being controlled and, and led by, the, by their own you know, emotions and feelings. And, and we're supposed to be someone who actually understands and reads the Word of God and if you say you can't understand the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit. It tells us that in the book of John, uh, that you have the Helper that will help you understand. You need to pray. And that's why praying before we open the Word up is so important because we're asking God to open our hearts and our minds up to be able to understand it. And so as we see, they, they, the Levites were there to, to help them understand. And it says, and then the Levites helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. And they, they read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people uh, wept as they heard the words of the law. So they hear the words of the law, they're convicted by the words of God, and they realize that they've sinned and as, as a nation. And, and so they're weeping, but he tells them, no, this is a day for uh, not for mourning or weeping. And, and then it says in verse 10, Then he said to them, go, on, uh, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And they were like, This, this is the day of joy. This is the day that, that like, when we get to chapter 9, that's when they deal with the sin. Uh, they actually do repentance. And, and so what they're saying is this day is a joyful day because we've come back to the city of Jerusalem. We've come back to the temple. We have the walls built, and now we can open the Word of God and we can start to worship God again. And so that's where the emphasis is. And then we see in verse 12, and it says, And all the people 
went their way to eat, drink, and send portions to make great rejoicing because they understood the words that were declared to them. And then now we pick up where we're at in verse 13. So uh, they've understood. 52 days they built this wall. And now what we see is, is they actually understand the words of God. And so this is what happens the next day. So they had the feast. They, they were joyful. Uh, and now we see in verse 13, this is where we're going to pick it up. And it says, On the second day, the heads of the fathers' houses of all the people with the priests and the Levites came together in, uh, to Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the law. So what we see is they're, they're coming together to study the word of law. They were, they, were, they were with Ezra the day before, but now what we see is the chiefs, the fathers, the men actually coming and wanting to hear more of the word of God. Why? Because that's what's going to lead the family. It's God's word. It's, that's what we should actually be leading our families with. And so they actually come together with Ezra. They come together with Ezra. And this is also something to remind us that we're supposed to come together in church. You know, we, we, we know that we see the statistics that, that three out of five churchgoers have left. Like they're not even watching online anymore. They just left the church. And so one of the things we need to remember is like the way that we exercise our gifts, the way that we, we're here for each other is because we're, uh, we're, we're called to be a church, to be together. And that's in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, uh, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what we do when we're here together. We're stirring up that love and good works and not, not, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we're actually supposed to come together, love each other, and encourage each other. Right? That, that's, that goes totally against the culture. Right? Because they want to tear you down. You go on Twitter, you go on TikTok, you go on Instagram, what do they do? They want to constantly, you see people just tearing you down sometimes. And as a church, what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be loving each other. That's why it tells us to love our neighbors. I I had posted just before I came here. I don't know if you've seen it. You go to the New York Post. There was a little boy, five years old, in the dark left on the other side of the border screaming to the top of his lungs and i don't care who you are it doesn't matter if you're republican democrat it doesn't matter as a parent it broke my heart and as americans we need to come to figure out a way to deal with this stuff because what's happening is we're seeing children being neglected and harmed and, and something's got to change. Like, we're supposed to love our neighbor, right? And I, I saw that video today, and it was just a reminder to us, is like, our neighbor's Mexico. And, and, and these kids are innocent. They didn't do anything. They're being taken advantage of. And, and as, a, as for us, it's definitely something we can pray for. 
something that we should be praying for because what I feel like is at the end of the day, I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm, I, whether we're Republican or Democrat. I don't think either party is working for America anymore. They're so f- divided that nothing's really getting done. And, and that's really where our prayer should be. But as a church, we can't be the same way, right? Because we go through the mass, no mass. Now we see that all the stuff that Fauci, all the, the emails came out. And now we see that was all just a big mess. And I'm probably just going to get this video taken off Facebook for cause of that. But, you know, what we see is we see a church divided, whether it's mask or no mask, vaccines or no vaccines left or right political parties and and what we need to be doing is we need to leave all that stuff at the door right but we need to love each other and we need to we need to be here for each other encouraging each other because there are people going through real stuff real stuff and 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 they need encouragement at this time um a lot of people are struggling i mean i i you know you can see a need, uh, I think they hacked into the meat thing, and and now I think meat prices have doubled. I, I, I'm thinking between gas and meat, I don't know, I'm not sure how families are going to survive this. And, and it's sad, so we need to be drawing together as a church to be praying for these things, because it, it's going to start affecting people, and all inflation, and it's going to get bad. And so the thing that we draw to is the Lord. The thing we draw to is the church. We come to church. And we can, we can talk about these things and pray about these things and let people know, hey, I'm, I'm struggling right now. And it's okay. But we can't do that if we're never here. That's, that's the whole point of coming. Uh, verse 13 says, On the second day, the heads of the fathers, the house of all the people, with the priests and the Levites, came together to Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the law. So what we see is the men coming together and this is really the problem with our country is we have a lot of men that are absent you know we do have and i want to encourage the guys that that do i mean at, at the same time we have single moms and single moms if you look at at timothy and his his grandmother raised him to be a godly man and and but the desire in order for that to happen is we need to be just like these heads of the fathers where they're running to ezra and going we need to study the word of the law. We need to study God's word. And so they're taking one of the things that I love about that scripture is they're taking their right relationship with God. That's what, that's what men are supposed to do to lead their families. And, and so as a Christian, if we don't do that, we're neglecting what God has called us to do. We're neglecting what God has called us to do. And, and that's definitely, I know for me, I neglected it for 22 years. It wasn't until I came to know Christ. I started reading the Word of God, and I was like, man, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. And, and it was all, it was like everything I needed to be a father, everything I needed to be a husband, everything I needed to be a man was in the Bible, and I didn't realize that. And it was sad because at the end of the day, it's not only impacted our marriage, it impacted our kids. But, but there's a wonderful thing that happens is God can get a hold of somebody. And, and the, Lord, the Lord does a mighty work. And, and, uh, and you just see the change that can happen when men actually want to desire God's Word. Uh, Judges chapter 2, verse 10, and I, I, I'm not sure if I shared this this past week, but 
Judges chapter 2, verse 10, you had Joshua. Joshua tells them to meditate on the Word day and night in Joshua chapter 1. That's what he tells them. As they're heading into the promised land, he tells them, y'all need to meditate on God's Word day and night. Joshua dies, right? And in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, this is what happens when, when the fathers don't do what they're supposed to do. It says, And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that He had done for Israel. They failed the kids. They failed them. And this is really for us, this is a, a warning for us that we need to be, especially in the time that we live in, we need to be in the Word of God. Because our kids, if you won't teach them, the devil will. The devil will. I just saw something, on, I won't even go into it because it's just bad. The thing that was in New York City, what they're trying to teach. They're trying to teach sexual education to a first grader. To a first grader. And, and I'm just like, and so for us as parents, it's like we, it's up to us to raise our kids to be godly. And, and, you know, I know from, from you know, growing up from a, a house that was divorced, it's hard when you're just, it's just mom. You're barely surviving as it is. But I can tell you, it would be a lot easier if you, if you actually just did what God's Word says. Because we went through craziness with my mom at times, and, and, and God bless her, I mean, and she didn't come to no faith so late in life. And, uh, you know, but it, we paid the penalty for it. She chose the world. And that's, that's, these guys got up the next morning and go, we want to be back in the Word. Let's go find Ezra and let's get into the Word of God. And that's what we need. Like, that should be our hearts in the morning. We should be wanting to get up and be in God's Word. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 13 says, and this is Calvary Chapel here. This is very important for us at Calvary Chapel one of the things we do is very important, Pastor Chuck would tell us this, is that we study the Word of God, and it's actually a, a distinctive, and, and one of the chapters is priority of the Word. And, and so we, we teach the whole counsel of God. So we teach from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. So like right now, we're in the book of Nehemiah. We're not going to skip to another book. We're going to finish the book of Nehemiah. And, and on Sunday, we're in the book of Mark. We just started the book of Mark. And so uh, Isaiah 28, verse 13 says, And the word of the Lord will be to them precept upon precept, and precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. And so what we're supposed to do is be in the word of God. And that even goes for the kids. The kids learn the word of God. That's the importance of, of church but you know what's going to help you it's not my words it's the word of god that's going to help you that's why it tells us in second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 it says all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training and righteousness that the man of god may be complete and equipped for every good work see if we read god's word we actually can discern god's will that's the whole key to it. And, and one of the things that, uh, that Strat Goodhue used to say, he's one of the old guys from Calvary Chapel, 
And uh, he says if you want to discern God's will as we read the Bible, the key is not just to go through God's Word. The key is allowing God's Word to go through us. We read it and it goes through us. We actually try to apply the Word of God each day, what we read. And so when we come to, to knowing God's will, we'll spend time every day in God's Word. It's something that we should do. We want to seek His knowledge, His wisdom, because He's supposed to be the one guiding our life. It says in verse 14 in the MI8, it says, And they found it written in the law that the Lord had commanded by Moses that the people of Israel shall dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month. In verse 15, And that they shall proclaim it and publish it in all their towns in Jerusalem. Go out uh, to the hills and bring branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle palm, and other leafy, uh, leafy trees to make booths as it is written. Now when we read this, he's talking about the Feast of Booths. So basically an easy way for us to remember it is they're going to go camping. Is what they're doing. Now, some of us, I did that in the army. I don't. I've slept in the in the mud. I've done, I've been in the rain. I don't. I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all. I would rather be in the log cabin instead of being in the on the floor anymore. But what they're talking about, the feast of booth, was actually that's why it talks about bring the branches of olives, the wild myrtle, the palms, the leafy trees, because they're going to make booths. They're going to make like camps. And they're going to make them on top of their roofs. They're going to make them in the square by the water gate. And they're just, you know what they're actually doing? Is they read this in the Word of God, and they're going to do it. They read it, and they apply it. And so one of the things that we see, the Feast of Booth is actually located in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 through 36. That's part of it there. And in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 33, and it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, and for the seven days is feast of booths to the Lord. On the first day shall be holy uh, convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. For seven days you shall present food offerings to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall ha hold a holy convocation. And present a food offering to the Lord in a solemn assembly, and you shall not do ordinary work. And it goes on in verse 37, it says, These are the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim at the time, times of the holy convocation, for presenting the Lord food offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, drink offerings, each on its proper day. And it picks back up in, in, verse, uh, in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 40. And it says, And you shall take on the first day the fruit of the splendid trees, branches of palm trees, and broths of, of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. You shall celebrate it as the feast of the Lord for seven days in the year. It is the statue forever throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. And so what he's telling them, and it's, it's amazing that this lined up to the exact day of the Feast of Booth. So these men go talk to Ezra, and this was actually what they were supposed to be doing on that day. And so they actually go and they make temporary structures, and those were to commemorate God's provision for them while they were in the wilderness. That's what the Feast of Booth is. It's to commemorate how God took care of their every need when they were in the wilderness, the nation of Israel. 
as they wandered the wilderness. And what's amazing is that everybody gets involved. Everybody. The family. Uh, all, all the people. It says, so the people went out, in verse 16 of Nehemiah 8, so the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on his own, on his own roof. So remember we talked about the roofs this week with the paralytic. They have the roofs that go up and then they're flat on top. And so they would make their, their, uh, their temporary shelter on the, on the roofs. But they would also, they would do it in the squares as well. So you can imagine it would be out, out in the streets as well. And it says, so the people went out and brought them, made booths for themselves, each on, the, on his roof and, their, and in their courts, and in the courts of the house of God, and in the square at the water gate, in the square at the gate of Ephraim. And all the assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths. So the whole assembly, everybody comes together to do this. Everybody. Everybody. And that, that's amazing within itself. Like, not only were the men wanting to do what God's Word said, but the whole city of Jerusalem, everybody wants to participate to do what God's telling them to do. You realize that would change our nation if we'd actually start doing that. If we'd actually start following God's Word. The things that would change in this, in this nation would be just amazing. Even if, we, if it started in the city of Divine. You know, it's, it's important that, you know, that we, we wanted to do what God's Word says. And I love that in verse 17. And all the assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in the booths. For from the day of Joshua the son of Nun, so that day the people of Israel had not done so, and there was a very great rejoicing. And so they actually did what the Word of God says. As a pastor, that's the one thing that we desire. Like we can feed you on Sunday and Wednesday, but what our desire is is that you would be in the Word of God the rest of the days of the week and actually try to apply something out of the Word. But I love that it's it's you know this this temporary shelter and and uh, and and it's just everybody the whole city just saying we're going to do what God's word says. And one of the things that it talks about is from uh, for from the days of Jeshua the son of Nun to that day the people of Israel had not done so. And so uh, one of the things we do see is that they either neglected it through times. Because they were being disobedient to God, but we do know in Second Chronicles chapter eighteen or chapter eight verse thirteen, Second Chronicles chapter eight verse thirteen, uh, it says, "As the duty of each day required the officers according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, the three annual feasts, the feast of the unleavened bed, the feast of the weeks, and the feast of booths." So we know that they did do it. It just they had neglected it through. Their sin, their fallen nature. They didn't, they didn't practice what they were supposed to be doing at times. And so that's important for us as we look at it. Um, and we also know that Ezra did it in Ezra chapter 3. and verse uh, 4, it says, And they kept the feast of booths as it was written and offered the daily burnt offerings by the number according to the rule as each day required. And so they were practicing what God's word said. And Ezra did as well. And as he uh, opened the temple back up. In Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, it says, But this command I give you, obey my voice and I will be your God. 
And you shall be my people and, I, and walk in all the, all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. you know, that's one of the things that we see is there, there's joy in them obeying. They were joyful. In Psalm 100 verse 2, it says, Do you have no joy as a believer? So Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into the presence with singing. That's, that's why we worship. It should, it should usher us into the Word of God. There should be joy in being able to be here. And Warren Worsby said this about joy. He says, look, the joy that comes from the world is joy that is man-made, is temporary. And usually when that joy is gone, the people are usually weaker and even emptier than before. The joy that comes from the Lord is real and lasting and enriched, enriched our lives. See, the, the joy that we try to fill our lives with from this world is just temporary. It's temporary happiness. Uh, and, and sadly, that's one of the things that um, many people struggle with is they try to, there, there's that, they tell you there's that heart shape, that, that peace that only God can, can mend. And, and the thing that you're trying to fill it with, whether it's sin or whether it's the things of this world or whether it's money, whatever it is, the only thing that's going to fill it is Jesus. The only time we have joy is, is by, by, through serving Christ. It's, it's by living for Christ. You know, one of the things I love is, is we see them actually enjoy as they were building the wall and we remember back in verse 6 when they were being attacked in verse 5 they were being ridiculed they were being physically threatened uh nehemiah had his life they were gonna they were gonna actually try to kill nehemiah and here they have joy and and for us one of the things we need to remember is james chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 it says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. We see them serving God, the whole city. And where's Sam Ballad and Tobiah? They're gone. Because the people decided to do what? Follow God. They chose God. They didn't they didn't chose to, to ride with Sam Ballad and Tobiah, who was working for the enemy. They were being mocked by them. And yet here we are, 52 days, the building, uh, they're, they're done building and we're seeing the Lord just bring joy to the whole city. We're seeing God bring everybody together. That's what we need right now, right? No political party is going to do that for us. It's only Jesus. And let me tell you, the time is, is running out. They're talking about in, in Israel coming up with some new government that has Muslim and Israel in it. Jewish and Muslim working together, which sets the thing for the Antichrist to come. Because it's going to be somebody who works with both Israel and the Muslim nations. We're getting closer to the second coming of Christ. And see, what we need to do is like, they went through all of this stuff and they have joy now as they are celebrating the Feast of Booths. Psalm 47.1 says, Clap your hand, all people shout to God with loud songs of joy. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 13 say, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And then we know in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, uh, it says, Then he said to them, Go on your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who is no, uh, has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Where's your strength? It's in the joy of the Lord. You, how are you working out? Because your spiritual workout should actually be prayer in God's Word, right? And, and I always tell people, because even if you don't have time to read it, and I know everybody's schedules are crazy, and I understand all that, you can turn it on, you can listen to it. Everybody has a phone. The, the Bible's on there, you can listen to K-Dry, you can, you can pretty much get the Word of God throughout the day. And so there's no reason for us not to be in God's Word. If, if, if we want to have the joy of the Lord, th that joy comes from God being our strength. He's our strength. And some of us, if, if we try to muster up that strength and, and we can't figure out why we're so frustrated and upset. And it's like, are we following what God has given us to do? Because you're going to have joy when, and blessings when you're doing and applying what God's given you to do. You're seeing the whole city celebrating the Lord. Everybody. Why? Because the Lord is their strength. And that should be ours. And finally, what we see in verse 18, it says, And day by day, from the first day to the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. So, as the Feast of Booths going on, he read each day. The people all together read the word of the law. Day by day, from the first to the last, they were hungry for God's word. And they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day they were, there was a solemn assembly according to the rule. They did exactly what God had asked them to do. This is one of the things that... that you know, we talk about, about knowing and, and growing in the Lord. One of the things we talk about is growth. And that acronym for growth is, is go to the Lord in prayer daily. Read the Bible. The R is read the Bible or listen to it. Right? O, obedience and application. W is what? We're supposed to witness to others. We're supposed to tell people about Jesus. Right? T, trust in the Lord with all things. Time, talent, and treasure. And then H, you have the Holy Spirit in you. The only way you can do all those other things is because you have the Holy Spirit that resides in you, which is Jesus Christ. Father, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. When we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in us and it helps us, leads us. That's that conscience that we have to tell us what's right and what's wrong. That's why we should actually spend time reading the Word of God daily. Spending time in God's Word. Because he's wanting to communicate to you. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. Uh, he said all, and this is one of our presidents, all the good from the Savior of the world is communicated through this book and all the things desirable to man are contained in it. And so what he was talking about, he was talking about the Word of God. Everything you need to, to be, uh, that the Savior needs to communicate to man is in the book. 
It's in the Word of God. And, and from the very beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelations, it's about Jesus. The whole book. And, and, and that's one of the things that we, we need to do is we need to actually put emphasis on us being in the Word of God. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So one of the things that Pastor Skip said, uh, Pastor Skip Isaac said that you, 95% of the people forget what they heard two days ago. Like they can't remember it. Not unless they hear it again a second time. And so for us, one of the things that I always challenge people to do is like if, if you're in, like let's say you're, you're going to start the book of John, you're going to read the book of John. You know, some people will speed read and they'll try to do five chapters at a time and I'm like, well, what did you get from it? Because they just, it's like the whole point of reading it is to understand it and apply it. And so you know how it's broken down in little chapters each? And so what you should do is try to do one of those and make sure you can, is there something for me to apply? Is there something for me to do? Like as the joy of the Lord is my strength, what am I putting my strength in? Am I putting my strength in the government? Am I putting my strength in my, my, my family? Am I putting my strength in, in, you know, my church? No, my strength should be in what? The Lord. And so I just ask God, you know, hey, help me put my joy, my strength in you. And so we actually listen to the Word of God. So it's something that we should be doing. Psalm 119.105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so if we want to have God's Word lead us, <laughs> if you're not in it, what are you, you're, you're walking in the dark. If you don't spend time with it, you're walking in the dark. You're stumbling around the dark trying to figure out how to live life. Right? The other thing is, do we actually come ready to hear the Word of, word of the Lord? Right? Are we, were we wanting to be in church? Are we wanting to be in the Bible? And Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to, to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And so we prayerfully come before God and we, we confess our sins and we ask God to help us implant His Word in us, in our hearts. And James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. Isn't that crazy? That's a beautiful verse. We come in meekness. We're coming before the God, the all-knowing God, the infinite God, right? And, 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 and He loves you enough as you're saying, I love you, and I want, to, I want to put my word in your heart to help you get through your day. To help you get through your day. And He guides and directs our lives. It's very important for us to be in God's Word. That's why it tells you in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's not just being in it, but understanding it. You know, part of, part of it is, is actually being able to apply it. We need to be like the Bereans in Acts 17, verse 11. says, Now these Jews were more noble than those Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see 
if these things were so. And, and the other thing that we see is they came together, but they were obedient in application. And John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. See, one of the things that we struggle with is, is, is we think, well, I'm doing all this, God, but we have this one thing that's a sin. That's partial disobedience. Like, we have to, we have to actually deal with that stuff. Like, if God reveals to us that's something that you, you, need to, you need to take care of, then you need to actually go to Him and actually confess that sin. Because we want it, we want to be able to to abide and, and follow him. And, and you know what obedience is? It's actually proof of your love of Christ. When you're obedient, you're actually your relationship with him is so important that you're not you're not gonna have that partial disobedience. Because partial disobedience is sin. And and nobody wants to talk about that, but that's that's unfortunately the, the truth of it. And we see, you know, today I think we're, we're dealing with, with Pride Week or whatever it is, Pride Month or whatever it is. I think Blue's Clues has actually had it on Blue's Clues. They had a drag queen on there, on a cartoon. That's the direction of our country. Again, if you don't want to teach your kids, the devil will. The devil will. And then we see in John 14, 21, it says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest him to myself. You know what that means? It's like, it's like a cell tower, right? We don't spend time with God. It's like you lose the signal. You start falling further and further away. It's harder to get that signal. And so for us, that's one of the things that we need is we need to keep that signal going and that's through the relationship that we have with Christ. And then finally in verses John 14, 23, 24, it says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come home to him and make our home with him. Whoever does uh, not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so he's talking about the, the actual obedience is it starts with our day you know we're being obedient to the father and the son and wanting to to uh to live for them being sensitive to the spirit it's about making you know good choices sometimes we you know sometimes we mess up and we may we may say something to somebody and it came out ugly and, and God, you, you get and you start opening the Word of God up and you're convicted right then. You should confess that sin right then. But see, what happens is a lot of times people will let that go a week, two weeks, and then they just forget about it. And it starts hardening your heart. And we don't, we don't want to do that. So one of the things I always say is like, man... See, that's, you have. We talked about it this week. You have grace for the whole journey, until you go home to be with the Lord. You have grace. If you've given your life to Christ, you have grace. And 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 God understands you're not perfect. The only one was His Son Jesus. And you have grace for the journey. He's just saying, "Hey, look! If you mess up, I'm here. Just repent, and come back to me." 
You, you get upset, man, I always tell them, and, and trust me, I, just because I, I sit up here teaching doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm a mess sometimes too. One of the things I remember early on is being able to understand how my mouth, my tongue could set a fire to stuff. And so one of the things that I learned is, is the importance of actually, one of the things I learned was actually the importance of, of if I say something to my kid or to my wife and I hurt her, I need to confess the sin to my, to my Lord. And I, and I need to actually, hey, tell my son or my daughter, hey, I love you, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. And own it, you know? It's like if I want to actually repent, that's going the other direction and changing it up. So. so application, as we close out here, application implies action. So it's just being obedient to, to God's Word. That's the final step. And so at our application for tonight. So real quick, do you study the Word of God? And if you do, do you do what it says? <laughs> right? Are you being obedient to it? Right? Psalm 112.1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. That's Psalm 112.1. So for us, when we honor God, it's being obedient to His Word. It's part of our relationship with Him. The other thing is, do you have joy in the Lord? Is your strength found in God? That joy, as they're rejoicing, that joy, that strength comes from worshiping the Lord in obedience. It brought them joy. It brought them joy. You know, finally, the last thing is, is worship. As we come and we talk about worship, you know what the three top answers were for worship? When people were asked what worship is, music, hymns, church. You know what number four was? God. You know what number one supposed to be? God. That's what worship is. But that's kind of where we're at in our culture. We need to get back to worshiping God. And so that's kind of where we'll leave off tonight. Remember, if you want to find out about that growth acronym, it's on the website. It's, it's go to the Lord in prayer. Read the Bible daily or listen to it. Be obedient. Oh, be ob obedience and application. Uh, daily witness to others. The WT, trusting God. And then H is... Allow the Holy Spirit to, um, to, to lead your life. And, and you, can't, you can't really do that if you're not in God's Word and, and in prayer. And so let's go ahead and close out in prayer. And uh, thank you all so much for, uh, for tuning in. But we'll go ahead and uh, pray and then we'll say goodnight. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much, Lord. We do pray. And I ask, Lord, I know that uh, some of us are here and, and maybe there are some areas in our life where we just can't find joy. Maybe there's something going on in our life that just, it's just, we're just beat down. You know, it tells us in the Bible that we're not supposed to carry those things. We're supposed to give those over to you. That's, that's why we go to you in prayer. That's why we come to you and just say, Lord, I, I, I think I picked up some bags and, and backpacks I shouldn't have picked up. And, and I've, I'm carrying them and they're, they're weighing me down. And so, Lord, I do pray if there's somebody here that's, that, that maybe they're struggling with joy right now and they're, they're just, they just, they, they feel overwhelmed with life, whether you're online or you're here, I just pray that you can come to God and let that, let that go. Remember that our, our strength in the Lord, our joy comes from 
uh, from, from God. And Lord, help us be in Your Word. I know that each of us are busy. I understand that. If we can't, if we can't read it, help us listen to it. But help us just absorb it and, and be able to apply it. Lord, we see a city, a city, actually all, of, all the people in the city do what God's Word says. I can't, I can't even imagine that because we see such a divide in our country right now. We need unity. We need peace. And, and we just ask, Lord, that you help us as a nation. We pray for our president. We pray for our, our Congress, our Senate. We pray for our, our city council, our mayor. We pray for our chamber of commerce. We pray, Lord, that we can come together. And Lord, we do pray for, uh, for our border. We pray for those kids that are, are being taken advantage of. We just, uh, we just pray, Lord. See, there's joy just hearing the voice of a child. They, they're too innocent. They don't deserve this, Lord. And so, Lord, bring us to action. Bring us to a, a place where we do what's right. And we do what's right. And Lord, I thank you so much for uh, just everyone here. We do lift them up and we pray for their families. We pray for the kids. And we thank you so much for this building and just being able to be here. Um, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.